Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inside Games cast for July 9th. It's 10.43 in the p.m. I, I have to look at your system tray to get that right every time. Uh, and I say right every time. This is the fourth such podcast. Is it only the fourth? Yeah, I didn't even do my lead-in for the... Because we just reappropriated us being drunk after... Uh, Oh, yeah. After Summer Games Fest, <laughs> which we'll be that. talking about in a bit. We both got to go to Play Days. It was really fun. Yeah, it was super fun. Well done. Yeah. Well, I, Great like a, event. A well done event. And I like I got to say to Jeff Keeley and the crew, fantastic yeah. job. I am 8-Bit produced a fantastic event. Yeah. So we have some uh, some upcoming games to chat about. Let's be real. Odds are other outlets have covered these before, but but it's the Bruce and Lawrence magic. That's, that's, that's the whole point is that we're here talking about it. So put, if you're watching this podcast, I'd imagine you want to hear what we have to say about it. So That's what podcasts are for. Yeah. But we're going to start with something infinitely more clickable. Starfield. <laughs> I mean, has no one learned their lessons after Cyberpunk? It doesn't seem like it's it, It's really weird to me because I... Or after every other game Bethesda Game Studios has ever made. That's true too. Fallout 76, because that's one of the things I keep saying... When people keep bringing up like Starfield and the Direct and I'm like, oh my gosh, it looks so good. And by the way, I should just say right at the top, I'm really excited about Starfield. I can't <laughs> wait. I'm going to play the shit out of it. I love it. I thought the Direct was good. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was good. Um, that said, why are we all so excited about this game? I can't figure it out. Why is the internet? I never see the internet positive about anything. So why this? It, that's been That's been vexing me for a while. And it... It's weird because it's not really something you can complain about. Everyone's no. happy for a change. Yeah, yeah, it's great. But <laughs> but there's a there's a foreboding there, which is if if the direct had shown something profound and everyone was really juiced for it, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. When when there was preview footage for uh, Tears of the Kingdom for Zelda, and yes. they showed fusing. It's like, oh, you can glue things together, and also you can make your own vehicles. Completely and- new concepts. Completely new anything. And this this video game felt like it was like a honestly like probably maybe a new genre of video game. Yeah, it's immersive sim. Like they they showed things in the environment interacting. Like the footage showed everything that you had the right to be excited about. And here's Starfield with their direct, and it's possible that all these features exist in the game, but they they spent forty five minutes not showing any of them, as far as I could tell. So we kind of have to take it on faith that Bethesda Game Studios will give us all the features that people assume will be in the game. Yes. And they're not the best at doing There's that. A, and also, I see a lot of assumptions online. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of people be like, well... Well, since, Todd said you could do it, so clearly you can. And also, I've, I've seen like, oh, well, since they shot the gun at this guy at this time, then that means that it's going to be 30 frames here and 60 frames here. And that means that it, since we saw 100 sandwiches, that, that we're going to see... Well, any a hundred of any object, right? And since that there's a thousand planets, then and we, I saw a hundred sandwiches. That means it's gonna be sixty. Like a bunch of weird math. And I'm like, how do they know all this? <laughs> so okay, I mean, look, I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah, but uh, let's temper expectations, maybe. Yeah, I see. I see all the ingredients of people hyping themselves up on something they haven't seen, which usually is a recipe for disaster. Yes. However, people really like Skyrim. People like Fallout 4, all right. People really didn't like Fallout 76. But to me, Skyrim was the moment where it's like, okay, this isn't really an RPG anymore, but everyone's cool with that, so I'll just yell at the wind. <laughs> and then Fallout 4 came out, and it was even less of a, like, mech- all right. I, I don't know how much I should delineate, but Fallout 4 was, like, uh, more simplified. Less RPG, that, less Skyrim, you think? Less technical, yeah. I think so. The dialogue system was massively simplified. The, yeah, that's true. I, I think that the 
Fallout 4, they tried to make up for it with like base building and stuff. Yeah. That I didn't like. I didn't do. Yeah. Um, I don't know that a lot of people did. I'm sure some people did, but um, but I thought that's maybe they were they did the trade-offs for Skyrim and, and Fallout. Yeah. There were there were elements of Minecraft uh, kind of pumped in. And I was like, okay, I get it. That's a that's a, it's a smart bet. You know, we we see that player expression and construction and survival and accumulating resources and building your own bases, these are all popular features, so let's put them into Fallout. Smart idea. Yeah. And now we have Starfield, which is, uh, it's a lot of planets. It's a lot of uh, ostensibly alien creatures. You can build your own starships. The, really the cool. shipbuilding looks build awesome, your own bases. by the way. Like, what they showed of the shipbuilding looked to me like gameplay. And I was like, that looks great. I can't wait to do that. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, I was just, the combat looked like combat. It seems like it's largely the same feature set as other Bethesda Game Studios games. I mean, okay, so space combat, entirely new. That's pretty rad. Oh, yeah, ship to ship. That'll be fun. Building space, building spaceships that you can walk around in. That's entirely new. That's pretty cool. Here, I don't, wanna, I don't want you to knock this over. I'll yeah, I'm, I'm gesturing wildly. Put it on my mouse I? pad. Put it on my mouse pad. That's I haven't right. clipped it with my fingernails. Sorry, Bruce Bruce moved a, a, a water wisely glass. moved a water glass. Because it's near the PC, so I didn't want to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's filled with green fluid and reservoirs. I don't know. Bruce's new PC is a... I just want to... I don't want it to go to on there. It's a, it's a, you know... But again, we're all very... We're excited about Starfield. Clearly. <sighs> I, I guess I guess what bums me out is that they had 45 minutes to show something new and cool, and they kind of did. They showed a stack of sandwiches, which fun. Arena like Elder Scrolls Arena could do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm drawing facetious analogies, but Skyrim could do that more than 10 years ago. I, here's, We're used to seeing stacks of items on a table, and somehow it still it mesmerized an entire group of people. Here's what's why didn't they just show me 15 minutes of uncut gameplay? They could have. Why didn't they could have? Why, Why didn't, didn't they, they just show me, like, let's say, uh, starting, like, taking off from a planet, right? Mm -hmm. A loading screen. Because don't worry, we know. Todd told us we can't. We don't fly. Uh, we don't take off and we don't land on planets. <sighs> um, that's all right. Is it? I, I mean, it's not. But look, again, I don't mind. Whatever. People seem cool with it. Yeah, I'm cool with it. It's not going to, I'm not going to, like, not play the game because of it. Regardless, show me the takeoff. They end up going to space. Fight right. some enemies. All right. Right? No. Okay. Enemies. Cool. Fight some. Yeah. Whatever they are, pirates. And then they fight the pirates off. They jump to another planet. All right. They they sit in in place, and there's a cutscene of somebody like flipping a bunch of switches. Absolutely. Space warps. You're at your destination. And then you cool quantum ju jump or you know hyperspace jump, whatever. Neat. I can't wait. Looking forward to that. Loading screen to land on the planet. That's gonna happen. Yeah. Right. We have. They already told us that. Yeah. And then. They land on the planet and they have to go uh, speak with, uh, you know, a funny NPC that gives them a mission of some sort. Right, funny is generous. Well, sure. Right. right. But, you know, a wacky NPC. A wacky, goofy. A goofy yeah. NPC. So then Hello? they go to they get the, goof, right, the goofy NPC, the alien NPC gives you, you a mission. You go out and you shoot him. You collect five gears. Right. And then five you, stuffs. Five stuffs. And then you come back. Astral dust. But, but if they had given me 15 minutes of that, I would have been like, now I know what it is. Yeah. Well. I think there's a reason they didn't. Because that would make it look very plain. There's and absolutely a reason they didn't do that. Yeah. Of course there is. But the th here's, here's what gets me about Bethesda games. Is that people still seem fine with it. Like it lands and... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I am. I am. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I just, I guess I just wish that to the benefit of all games and for the benefit of all games discourse, people would apply the same scrutiny that they s seemingly don't apply to bethesda games to all games hmm. which is that we're just here to see pop-ups tell us we just got five xp 
if we want to see meters get bigger that's fine too mm -hmm. but for some reason when everyone decides that a game is bad then people lean into it with criticisms about what it is and often those criticisms just converge on criticizing video games as a medium which is to say you're right yeah all i do is it wander around yeah. yeah i just wander around and i do tasks and it doesn't that's mean what anything. that's what every video game is <laughs> so i think start my prediction and this is kind of what we're driving at we, we're going to put down chips on how people will receive oh look at that i even hit this the oh train good you, you didn't knock the water off so that's great yeah you're thank you for moving it. Yeah. <laughs> uh we're going to put chips down on how the internet will react to skyrim you mean Sorry. Uh, Starfield? Starfield. It's gonna it's the same game. All right, it's not the same. I don't think it's. I mean, I'll, uh, I I think it's. I think this is Fallout. By the way, I think it's Fallout okay. in space. I don't think this is anything like Skyrim. What's the at what, all? What would you distinguish between being a Skyrim game and a Fallout game? Guns? I think Skyrim. No, I think Skyrim has more character hmm. than Fallout. Fallout hmm. does have some fun. Again, Fallout Four has oh. some fun little characters. I enjoy it. I'm not saying, by the way, I don't, none of this means I don't like it because I do. I love it. I played the, a fuck ton of all of it, but I think that Skyrim to me felt a little more like it had more character. It felt like maybe they were even more epic than mm. Fallout 4 was. Um, like it, maybe there, it feels like there's might be more at stake if you really wanted to dive into that story of Skyrim. I don't know. Um, that's just me. I think, I think the storytelling is better in Skyrim than it is in Fallout. Not to say both stories are pretty, you know, surface level. But uh, that's what I think. Sorry. Go ahead. You're going to find your star dad in Starfield? Well, no. It's going to be about getting powers. Remember, they oh, sh yeah. They, they showed the fucking space magic, dude. Well, I, hey, I can't wait. I'm excited. Oh, it's NASA punk. It's very grounded. It's very real. Also, you have space powers. I'm excited about the space powers. I'm looking forward to that. There's going to be some ancient race, and so there's going to be some fucking prophecy. And you're going to be, be the... some stone you found. Oh, you're the spacefarer. I, that's okay. I was going to say, we, <laughs> so in addition to all the things we're putting chips down, we have to guess the uh agendered title that every npc will call you because they have to record oh, like, the voice uh, line explorer for. exactly right. yeah, yeah, yeah. space space person <laughs> no there's got to be a reserved title out of prophecy so it's like the the star wanderer that's not bad lawrence that's actually pretty good what you just said god damn it um no, there's I, no way they're gonna make a bunch of voice actors say star wanderer that's too much all right so what are we what are we betting on what's our bet you tell me what we're doing, and then we'll... we'll... Sea Lord. No. No, no. Star-Lord is not it, because no, that's, that's already trademarked. Yeah. That's male. Um, Star-Lord's not... Star-Lord could be Star anywhere. Star-Master. Um, Star-Master's pretty good. But, uh, like, you're the chosen... Like, a, you mean, you're... See, again... Like the Arisen. This is... And I'll speak to Skyrim's storytelling. Dovahkiin is something we never would have guessed. Mm. Dovahkiin mm. is, is kind of cool, right? Yeah. I think Dovahkiin is pretty sweet. Pretty Nordic. What do they call you in Fallout? I don't. They call you something in Fallout? No, I don't know if they do. Do they? They well, must. You're... They must. I played through the. I played through what, fifty hours of the video game. I don't remember. You're like the vault dweller. Something. But yeah, like I don't remember. They don't really. They don't really throw that title around a bunch, do they? Either ways, we're betting on what the internet thinks. It was a forty-five minute direct, and we don't know what they call you. We're betting because on there was no dialogue on what the internet, except is... for Alex Touffe being like, "I think I love you." Oh yeah, that's right, dude. I can't wait to have sex. What Bethesda Game Studios game can you remember that has appropriately represented sex at all ever? Oh, never. Well, also, didn't Todd Howard say that the romance options in Starfield were kind of like, like, oh, not, it's just your crew. Or they're something? like pretty minor. Yeah, there's only like four or something. 
I think. I can't remember. He, I think he said it on the Kind of Funny podcast. And I, oh, okay. I didn't listen to it. But yeah, I, when I, they grilled him down, that was, that was some good video game journalism. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Snowbike Mike and everybody else are doing great great work over there. Yeah. Uh, but either way, what do you what do you bet the internet is mm. going to say about Starfield, Lawrence? What okay, you, so... What do you I, think the reception is going to be? I think most people will be really happy with it. I think uh, there will be a slew of, of games media journalist articles, which will essentially boil down to what I said before, which is that they will feel hollow and, and empty playing this game, and they will write a whole article dissecting their feelings, and it will arrive to, it's it feels hollow to just do the same thing over and over again, which is what every video game is, but most people haven't really embraced that yet. So I, I think it'll be like 90% people will just so like it. 90% positivity. Yeah. Think. Okay. I, I think uh, 5%, I'm in this 5% here, will be vexed that it's a Bethesda Game Studios game they've been working on for six years. <laughs> and the function, like the performance is garbage on it. Well, okay, that's strong. It should be 60 FPS. It should be. Yeah, it should. On, on Series X I at agree. least. We'll see what it is on PC. It'll be 60 on PC. Oh, absolutely it will. There's no way. There's no way they're going to put this game the on PC. The loading screens won't be. That's my, that's my guess. What, you mean like the like traveling through hyperspace or something? You know? Yeah, or the cutscenes where it cuts away and it shows you landing on a planet. Because that's when all the proc gen kicks in. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to bomb your CPU really hard that's what you're saying, yeah. during the cutscene, which is why the cutscene's there. That's why they couldn't do dynamic landing. But uh, that won't be... Sick. Well... We'll see. It'll be like a like a stuttery ship. Yeah. yeah, famed efficiency engineers at Bethesda probably won't be able to squeeze sixty out of the loading screen, but that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Nobody will care. Uh, I will be in the five percent that's frustrated that there's somehow people at Bethesda work six years on a game that has less features than the last one. That's going to be where I'm at. Well, they have to sell DLC, Lawrence. Come on. <laughs> How can you sell DLC for Starfield? It's got a thousand planets. What are you going to do? Add more planets? They're, yeah, they're going to add. We had ten more planets. They're going to oh, do what Todd. Skyrim did. They're add base building and shit. Come on, you oh, know yeah, that, you're right? Yeah, you're they're going right. to add horses or whatever. Well, I don't know. Buy space horses add in like a week. Come on, oh, you know that. Oh, you're right. It's going to be DLC, of course. Damn, you're right. They have to. I mean, like, to their credit, they are selling a seventy dollar, sixty dollar, whatever it is, uh, Game Pass full single player game. But they've already accepted checks for it. That that's the other thing that killed. It was supposed to be on. It's on, were, it's on pre-order now. They were developing me. What, what, what's, can, what's on pre-order? Starfield. You can or you ah. people can preload Starfield through Game Pass right now. It's an exclusive. They were paid for it to be an exclusive. They required for it to be an exclusive. They're selling the variable resolution tech on PC. You can't use DLSS because they took a check from AMD. They made a watch for it. <laughs> well, I like the watch, by the way. You can like how it looks. I think it looks cool. But that's not a game. True. And people at Bethesda... So, okay. I don't want to do the false equivalence that somebody at Bethesda spent their time working out this watch deal when they could have been making games content. No, you can't do that, Lawrence. You can't say that. You can't. That's not true. Because you know that's not true. That's not the way companies work. You <sighs> yeah, know you're that. right. That person probably justified their own salary by making the watch deal. Still... <laughs> It's weird how much of this game has been diced up and sold before it's even out. Yeah, I agree. That's what happens when you're like a studio that's responsible for making properties. I mean, again, the whole reason that they got acquired was that Starfield, the first new property from yeah. Bethesda Game Studios true. ever, was not going to be on Xbox. So Microsoft bought him. So I don't know. So 90% positivity. As you can tell, Lawrence is biased against Starfield. Currently. It's just about anything but the game at this point. That's what bugs me. Is uh, we saw a whole direct where nothing 
We saw gameplay. For my eyeballs. We saw gameplay, but it was chopped up. It was so edited. Yeah, it was edited. And anything that could have been cool was edited. So there was that one shot where you were shooting the, the like, enthusiastic fan. Yeah. They didn't show him get shot. I don't even know that you can't shoot NPCs in that game. Can you? But they don't know. Is no that one... a feature the game even supports? Probably not. I'm going to guess that when you turn your gun no. to an NPC, no way. you can't pull the trigger. But that's the whole point of Bethesda games. You kill almost anybody. Your gun is lowered in cities, Bruce. You can't shoot in cities. I don't even know if there's a reputation system, which was one of the cooler things about Skyrim. There's got to all... be a reputation system. Is there, though? There did has to be. 45 minutes, and they couldn't show you a reputation system. There has to be. <laughs> they did carve out five minutes for the watch, though. Well, that's because it's going to like make them money. <laughs> um, there's got to be a reputation system, right? Come on. I mean, there's pirates, but come on now. When and how do they attack you? Did we not see reputation systems in the skill trees? No. We saw the, briefly the skill trees. Yeah, it was just like feats and stuff. You can get a jetpack. Oh, that's cool. Well, jetpack was cool. But you know what? You can't walk faster than your walk speed. That I, yeah, that You was... can't have a car. You can't have a plane because the frickin' CPU can't handle generating that terrain in front of you. That's one thing that I never would have thought about until I didn't, I read an article about it. Was, they were like, it's pretty crazy that you can't, you can't have a car. That, that means the plane, around. it doesn't matter. That, yeah. And anything true. that does matter, they have to generate within like 300 meters of wherever you land. Well, that's the other thing that, that that means the planet is basically made up of whatever, three cities. And that's it. Like, yep. you, it's not, this isn't Star Citizen. Now, Star Citizen, again, has cost $600 million. So there's no comparison. But Star Citizen, you can land anywhere on a planet. Yeah. You it can looks fly like around shit. the whole planet. It looks like shit, though. Yeah. Whenever and it you runs land, like shit. And it, and, it runs, and it runs like shit. But it exists. So it's kind of tough. But I, I again, I think this is more of a storytelling. Like, a, this is an RPG. Star Citizen's more... Bethesda storytelling? I mean, you know, whatever. As bad, as, player game? I like it. I think it's fun and stupid. Mm. Because it's dumb. But I think it's enjoyable. Hello, Starfarer. Yeah, exactly. Come right. to the Inner Sanctum and touch the relic. I'm gonna, Get your first star power. I'm going to... Be- I'm going to bet that Blom. that's going to happen for sure. I'm going to bet instead of all the little strings you, kicking up. You said 90% positivity? Wow, I don't really think that. I I think that this is going to be really broken on launch. I think it's going to be really broken. There's going to be a backlash? I don't think there's going to be a lack of content. But I do think it's going to be super broken. And I think it's probably going to be more like 50%, 40% positivity. And I think it's maybe going to be more negative than positive on the outset. And then it'll be in like six months time. Modders will have fixed it. And it'll be then like, now's the time to play Starfield. I don't think it's going to be as bad as Cyberpunk's uh, backlash. But I do think it's going to be more negative than positive. I, I, I want to be wrong, but that's the way I think. That's what I think now. Only because of, uh, I'm not going to go back to Fallout 4's launch. I'm not going to go to Skyrim's launch. I'm going to go to Fallout 76's launch. Mm-hmm. That's their most recent launch. And... Unless they learned a lot of lessons from Fallout 76. Do you think they did? You think they learned lessons from that launch? No. No. What, what lessons are to learn? They sold their company for massive amounts of money. Their next game, they're already selling it before it's out. They're, they're, so I don't know. There's been no feedback that they're doing the wrong thing. So I don't know that they've learned any lessons on that launch. So I hope they did, but I don't know that they did. So, I don't even know that they're doing the wrong thing. That's the thing. Well, they're not. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're, they're not. not. They're making they're making billions of dollars. So, and that's another thing too is that people are always like, you know, like, oh, it's so stupid. They'll sell Skyrim for the fifth time or whatever. You keep fucking buying it. Yeah. So stop buying it. What was that line from Todd? He was like, "We'll stop. We'll stop re-releasing it when you stop buying it or something." Like that. Yeah, because that's what how a business works. Uh. <laughs> so stop, stop buying it, and and that's gonna always be my number one refrain about every everything video games or anything else really is don't buy 
Starfield. If it comes out and the reviews are negative and the game's broken, don't go on Game Pass. Don't buy the game. Punish Bethesda and punish Microsoft. <laughs> punish them for what it is. Because if it's broken you and you're out there playing it and complaining about it, it doesn't matter. They got your money. So they don't care. They're going to be like, oh, you know, Todd Howard will hang his head in shame for a month and be like, oh, well, I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean to. And he'll be as soon as the cameras turn off, it'll be like, how much do we make? How much did they sell? They sold a lot? Okay, great. We're good. How many watches did we sell? Come on, guys. It's a, the easiest lesson in the world, and I say it every fucking piece of content, every podcast, every episode. I say the same thing, and no one listens. <laughs> so, anyways. Uh, and yeah, also, we need to come up with the name that we're going to be called in Starfield. Mm-hmm. What do you think it's going to be? What do you think it's going to be? You said Starborn. Oh, that's really cool. Starborn. Oh, man. That's actually... Because it's got to lean into, like, damn, space like, race romanticism. It's, like, 70s. right on the money, Lawrence. Like, uh, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's Dragonborn. Dragonborn, yeah, I know, I know. Right? It's, it's right on the money. But people would love that. What if it was some, like, ancient tech race, and they call you the Ulutha or whatever. That would be way for, better. For, like, 40 hours, and then you learn that it's actually, a trans- it translates to Starborn. Starborn. And there's going to be a million Reddit posts that are upvoted into the stratosphere. That'd be like, oh, it's actually Starborn. It's a reference to Skyrim. Are Skyrim and Star- are Starfield in the same universe? <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that that... It would be way cooler if it was like going to be some alien uh, language that you're called. Awa. I hope it's not. Yeah, like they I don't should want, just co-opt the, the Ava- Navi language. The Avatar, from, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Come on, Bruce. I just it. hope it's not. I don't. I don't hope it's not Starborn or Star Wanderer <laughs> or Explorer or whatever else. I think it's going to be some alien word, which is cooler than Starborn. I hope. Well, there's no aliens, though. I mean, there's there's magic. There are going to be aliens, Lawrence. Come on. We all know that. There, there's going to be the edge of the solar system or whatever. Aliens you can talk with? The edge of the galaxy. Oh, there will be one cutscene. It's going to be the No Man's Sky thing where, like, you're like, you know, like alien technology sort of, like, makes its way in a little bit here and there and you have to discover what it is. And that's what gives you powers. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Guaranteed. Ancient artifacts. Guaranteed. I'm, <sighs> again, I'm looking forward to this. I'm very excited. Lawrence is not, but I am very excited about it. Are you going to stream it? Yeah. Oh, you are going to stream it. Okay, all right. I I always want to be wrong. This is this is something about me that's difficult to communicate to people because as much of an uh, mm, what's the word? Headstrong, pretentious asshole that I can be about opinion wise. I mean, I'm not really. I don't. I disagree. I don't think you're that much. Of I, I, I be. I'm. I'm strong in my self criticism, so I beat others to the punch. But word. Uh, usually, the things that I dislike, I investigate relentlessly because I want to understand if it's something uh, foundational or if it's just prejudice. Uh, I didn't like musicals for the longest time, so I watched a ton of them and discovered that I still don't like them. <laughs> But I found other ones that I do like, so yeah. it's it's kind of discovering the elements about it that I'm not not super into. Uh-huh. I uh, I'm pretty definite about the things about Bethesda Game Studios games that I'm not super hot about, but the things that they do land on are opi to the masses kind of things, where it's just like it's yeah. that cycle of leveling up, of feeling more powerful, of They're finding great cool things. Yeah, other studios have done it much better since. Like who? The, like Nintendo. Um, like uh, like Square Enix even. Um, there's been other companies that have done functional things with the open world, self-authored video game experience that are leagues beyond what Bethesda has been able to do. And in fact, that was the case 
back when Bethesda's game started hitting. Things like Oblivion and Skyrim were like, they were great because they simplified and and made things mass approachable, but those experiences existed in games long before that. Um, so what I see with Skyrim is that same sort of simplification experience, but what I think with the game's populace is they've actually become a lot more sophisticated about the games that they know how to play and want to play. I think Skyrim might be behind the ball in terms of uh, being an intricate video game experience, which is why I think it's going to drive a lot of people to to think like, oh, this is so simple. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> I think that'll be the takeaway because it doesn't have enough systems. It doesn't have enough meters that are interdependent. It doesn't have enough. You know what we never saw? Like somebody shooting a plant and it catching on fire and then that causing an animal to run away. Oh, yeah. No. Like a simple interaction like that. No, no, no would go leagues towards, oh, this is an actual environment sim from Bethesda, which is what everyone thinks Starfield will be. But it's not going to be. No, it's not going to be that, no. I, I, so I think, allow me to speculate a little bit on you, personally. Okay. I think your bias may be creeping in just a touch. Okay. And the only reason I say that is because you like those sorts of games. You like the Square Enix RPG. You like the, like, I, I wish I could think of a comparable Nintendo game. Those have become more popular lately. They, they totally have, but not as popular as Skyrim. And yeah, you're right. They haven't. And the thing is, yeah. I do think that they are still trying to simplify it. And like Square Enix, again, I played Final Fantasy 16, really loved it. I thought I was actually super into it. And they made it really simple. And I was I thinking saw... more 15 in regards to this. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Why? I mean, like, I didn't play 15, so I don't have that frame of reference. But 16, I saw a lot of people complaining about how simple it was. It's very simple. And yeah. that's, I thought that was funny because I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess that's great. But either way, not 15, 16, they're not doing Skyrim numbers. That's and true. They're not. That's uh, true. And that's what Bethesda's trying to hit. And I'm not saying one's better or worse. I'm just saying that that's what they're trying to go for. So when they get but, Starborn, we're all going to laugh at it and go, this is so stupid. But everyone's going to love it because it's so simple. But Breath of the Wild did Skyrim numbers. Oh, man. Let's get Breath of the Wild. But that's like in a whole other category. Well, that's what I mean, though. Of game. And I feel like when people are playing open world games, like Far Cry, it, it has a very simple open world simulation. To the extent that most events are kind of like almost time gated where you can set a fire, but it's going to be out in a minute because they don't want to deal with the long term effects of calculating yeah. all that AI and stuff like that. Breath of the Wild. Oh, this is just the best games ever, though. Yeah. Those are the best games ever, Last Lawrence. of Us Part Two. Like, these are games that have very profound open-world simulations in terms of the game environment you're playing in, the AI you're playing against, and the sophist sophistication of the decision-making they ask you to do. Uh, you can play it simply, but there is, a, uh, there is a headspace above that if you want to explore it. Skyrim doesn't have that headspace. No, not at all. And it wasn't, yeah. wasn't asked for by the player base back then. That's right, yeah. Maybe, maybe now. It's true. That's, that's my read, which, which could be off. I think the simple pleasures of Bethesda Game Studios games now will read a little dated. Uh, what it's is, almost like a Halo Infinite problem, where it's like Halo is rooted in a time period where that was the first experience a lot of people had with that thing. But most people's, most people's video game playing has graduated out of that so halo's in this weird spot where it has to pay homage to a time period where it was the only shop in town on console mm. but it also has to appeal to modern sensibilities which is players can actually look around and aim up and down now so how do you make a halo game that feels floaty and weird and guns spray everywhere 
And how do you make that merge with the fact that players can actually move and look and, and you know, know how many grenades they have. And yeah. They can actually play modern games at a faster level because they've been doing it for 10 years. So I don't know. I worry that might be a Skyrim or a Starfield thing where you had people playing Skyrim 12 years ago and they've been playing more sophisticated open world games since then. And here's Sky or here's Starfield. And it's just land on planet. There's a cave 200 meters away. You trundle over there. You shoot all the bandits and you get five XP for each one. They don't drop anything worthwhile, but you pick it all up anyway. And then there's a space chest that has 15 teridium in it. Oh. And it turns out, well, you need 500 teridium to build your, your, your warp ship. core to yeah, get yeah. to the outer rim of systems where the next quest objective is. So you're like, yay. Okay. Let me also what I think people are screaming at their monitor if they're watching this and they know you and me. But Lawrence, Cyberpunk wasn't that complicated. Gameplay wise, yes. But what? it actually had writing. It did have writing. And it had music. And and so the And it had visual design. Now the music's second to none in yes, Cyberpunk. I agree. Uh the visual design is second to none in that game. Uh I thought the writing was was good but pretty like tropian you know it's so good though uh pretty sci-fi tropey whatever do you think that that may be somewhere along the lines of what starfield is going to be like do you think it's gonna be about that simple or do you think Starfield's gonna be simpler mm. i think the virtues that cyberpunk offered were not the kind of virtues that a mass market would appreciate hmm. so it's one of those weird games really i it's huh i kind of got the sense that it because i'll Everything I read, but that's maybe just the prejudice of people being upset at Cyberpunk, was that they were, uh, it was too simple. The story was too stupid. Like, all the NPCs, all, they all looked to the same way, and they all said the same. I mean, I disagreed, but that's what I read. That it was, it was too much of a, like, again, just a sci-fi trope. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, but that's, I think there's parts of it that are tropey, but for the most part, well, that's what I saw. People were like, they said cyberpunk was going to be this intricate world with all these details and like all these people were going to, and it wasn't any of that. It was just me walking around, shooting people in the head and hitting them with a bat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, th I think I see what you're getting at. Yeah. Um, yeah. The moment to moment gameplay of cyberpunk was not very mentally evolved, um, which is which kind is of okay. There were some very diet deus ex things going on yeah. of like, I'm a stealth guy, so I'm going to find a vent. And turns out there is a vent. You just have to crawl up some things and go into it. Uh, I'm a I'm a smooth talker, so I'm going to try to find an NPC to schmoove over. Sometimes you could do that. So occasionally it did pay off character build or thinking laterally about a game a game problem. But most of the time, yeah, largely it was on rails. Just it was hacks, a hack a bunch of people in the building, and then they all die, and you walk in and collect their shit. Yeah, no, you you can do an OP build that basically nullifies the gameplay pretty quickly in that game. I think. It's almost like Alpha Protocol, uh, if you remember that. It's, no, no. Yeah, I think I think when you have multiple builds, balancing them all for a nuanced gameplay experience is a huge undertaking. So you just make it so every build gets overpowered eventually, and then people get to have their power fantasy, which I love, by the way. Yeah, yeah. big fan of that. That's <laughs> Skyrim, basically. Yeah, that's right. Most yeah. people, uh, that's that's the crowd pleasing way to do it. Uh, ideally, you'd have a, a tightly, expertly tuned experience so that every player has to make meaningful decisions. Sure. The, the, to me, the saving grace of Cyberpunk was that its writing was daring and profound, if not in its main story, then certainly in its side quests. There was a lot of, and yeah, uh, tropey in the extent that they paid, 
the difference between tropes and homages can just be uh, totally totally yeah. yeah again this is just me sort of rep representing people that are commenting i agree like both lawrence and i agree pretty much all the way around on cyberpunk we both love it and i loved the story i loved the game i loved all of it so when people were like shitting on it for being not being complicated enough i was like did they not play the same game that i was playing anyway sorry go ahead no i it's, it's a fair comparison and and certainly to me the the virtue of cyberpunk's gameplay was that it was pretty much tuned around your build even though it wasn't hard but if you kitted out to, to katanas you'd be slicing up people all the time slow motion cool. cutting people's heads off yeah if you were uh fists you'd be punching like it dictated your moment to moment in the same way that starfield does if you spec out to guns or jetpacks or whatever it's going to dictate how you play that's cool hi marks uh <laughs> It'd be rad if that were also paired with, uh, I mean, the cities did look pretty cool. Sure. But yeah. I didn't see a single NPC or dialogue that seemed interesting. Largely not why you go to Bethesda games. I get that. But if we're, if we're putting it on a board and comparing pros and cons, certainly there's a lot of virtues for cyberpunk that don't exist in Starfield as far as I can see. For sure. And I just saw, the reason I asked that question is because I've seen when we covered Starfield, people <laughs> would ask that question in the comments. They would be like, but Lawrence cyberpunk uh, was trash and you loved it and and cyberpunk seemingly seems as simple as starfield um and i was always, i mean again like i false equivalency for me but like i understand the question and i get it uh why don't you like you know blank but you like blank type thing yeah so I don't know. i'm i want to be wrong um i and i think to me part of it is also just uh it's an auteur shit i was always I was always bummed that everyone really liked Halo Combat Evolved because I was like, you know, shooters were doing this on PC 10 years ago. I mean, he's, he's not wrong here. Yeah, he's but not it's wrong whatever. I mean, like you can compare it to cinema, music, what a, everyone can sit there and be like, Jaws is amazing. And you can be the asshole in the back of the theater. These film techniques existed 15 years ago. It doesn't matter. But nobody cares. Yeah. No, well, the, that's because you have to start putting the word popularized mm. into your vocabulary yes. because uh halo popularized the first person shooter on console um that's what it did and there wasn't the first <laughs> but it popularized it so whatever yeah no it's it's a meaning a meaningless distinction i think what always bummed me out is that even in media circles for the folks that should be the auteurs oh i see even yeah. they were still just kind of in the more populist camp of halo's awesome skyrim's great oh, well mm. <laughs> it's popular but that doesn't mean it's great that's true. That's true. But also, what does that distinction matter? It doesn't. Yeah. It, it, and that's the ultimately, if you just if you enjoy it, it's okay. You're allowed to enjoy it. You don't need to be mad at us because of our opinions. <laughs> if you love Starfield, then you love Starfield. And if you don't love it, then that's okay too. It's okay. It's all right. Someone just, else can enjoy stuff. It's not a big deal. I like it when people like games. I oh, like yeah. when they have fun. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. I mean, we're we're debating. I think the artistic merits of Starfield. When I don't know that this game's going to have many artistic merits, I don't think that it will. I don't think it's telling but, you that it's going to. Right, but that's the whole. It's not point. what it's trying to do. That's that, yeah. and that's that's to me as going into a Bethesda game. We've had what fifteen years of these games now. We know what they are. <laughs> yeah. So when everyone's like, "Oh, Starfield's going to have this new thing," and like, no, it's going to fall out in space, man. Like that's what this is. You walk in and it's going to be Fallout, but that's okay. <laughs> You're going to walk out of a cave. There's going to be like your hand. It's always the left. It's going to come up and like, <laughs> ah. like at some point, at some point, maybe the protagonist will lose their arm. That happens in every, every single 
video so. game that's a, go space you always, you always lose your arm you get a robot arm or something it happens every time in every call of duty it adds that's fucking all the time it's but it doesn't matter whatever yeah. speaking of losing arms man and call of duty sledgehammer games is up this year i'm excited oh that's right they, they made yeah. advanced warfare which has been my favorite cod for a while in terms of the campaign i'm a campaign guy the so advanced warfare was that kevin spacey yeah it was sure so was. You, I don't remember you and I. Uh, that was the press F to pay respects game. That's you and I were the we were the only ones that played that campaign when I think when we were working was it Machinima? Yeah. And I remember you and I talking about it and being like, "This shit is wild." <laughs> Actually, good. It was like it was not all bad the set pieces and everything. And it was it was yeah, and it was kind of a fun campaign, but it's fucking crazy. Like <laughs> it's like out of this world insane. Um and yeah, press F to pay respects comes from that. Because I remember cyber arm on the cast doing that, and I was like, good." I was like, "What the fuck?" Like press F, and I was like, "All right, I guess I'll press F." And then I was like, "What is he going to do when I press F?" Left hand down always. So yeah, so new Call of Duty. Didn't they leak? I think the the release date got leaked because of the Microsoft. I don't know that. I don't know that they know what the release date is. Well, no, I mean it was in the Microsoft trial. Okay. I don't actually know. I didn't look because I saw. I saw that they that was one of the things that was either in a redacted document or somebody said it accidentally that they knew the release date. Yeah, for I guess the, it's July. They probably have that formed up by now. I'm sure they do. Uh, it's because usually what October generally the end of October is when you get a new COD. Every, yeah, I guess so. Every yeah. year. Yeah, they they usually get a jump on the the release season. That's right. Usually, not always, but most of the time. So I think they got leaked. Um, I have to. I, I, mean, I could just fucking Google. Yeah, look it up. Uh, but. Uh, Oh, speaking of uh, games that haven't come out yet, we both got to go to Playdate. Oh, oh, November. The campaign mode will apparently launch on November 2nd, while the full release will come later. Insider Game. Uh, while Bloomberg reported Jason Trier says this year's intro will be full Wait, release. Corroborates ins- oh, Insider Gaming is on it. Insider nice. Gaming. I love it. Yeah, Tom Henderson making a whole whole games media empire. I love it. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. I uh, It's always great to see like new outlets spring up and actually start breaking shit. Yeah. But yeah, Bruce and I got to go to Playdays, uh, the E3 surrogate. I I got to play some games that I wanted to chat about. I don't know, Bruce, did you did you play anything that you were excited about? I watched demos, but didn't get to play any. And I'm am I allowed to talk? Are we allowed to talk about those? Do you think? I guess maybe it depends which one. Because I think you saw all the ones that I did. Yeah, I'm gonna assume that they're all out of embargo now. It'd be pretty it'd be pretty intense to have a demo. At the show that is still under embargo now. Like a month earlier? Tell you what, talk about whatever you want, I'll look it up, and if it's bad, I'll bleep it out. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, well, should we talk about Armored Core first? Sure, yeah. Because uh, we both saw that demo. Mm-hmm. Um, what'd you think? Armored Core 6. Yeah, what'd you think of Armored Fires Core 6? Fires of it, it, I mean, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Uh, it's the proliferation of stagger gauges is kind of an interesting thing. I kind of get it. If you're chopping away at a giant boss, you want, like, beats... And it's better that they be gameplay beats instead of just interrupting for a cutscene. So that's what stagger gauges kind of do. It's just weird to see it in a game like Armored Core. It's kind of like, well, it's like Sekiro. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's and it, presumably you'll be able to spec out your core to attack health or attack stagger and all that stuff. There's a checkpoint system now, which is very lenient. That was huge. When yeah. I, I remember watching the God. demo and like they were basically pushing us through an entire level of maybe it's you know like whatever level one five or something. And it was a section of a level, but when you died, it you could start in the middle. <laughs> like it wasn't like they sent you all the way back, and we're like, all right, now you gotta fight through all your enemies again, which was awesome. I was like, oh, restart from checkpoint. That's amazing. Yeah, I've been playing through the armored cores, and let me say that's a that sucks. <laughs> There's a there. Okay, so the the <laughs> process to armored core right now in the PS2 era 
is you play a level, the level's gonna hit you with something that they didn't tell you about and you had no possible way to expect. <laughs> You're gonna die to it. And then once you know that, then you go back and retune your machine to actually to actually uh, surpass that. Mm -hmm. So for one level in particular, it's actually a perfect case study, went into this like map, had to fight this one asshole who has tons of health and a crazy weapon. So I had to spec out to beat that guy. Once I did, then like, okay, great, now get out. And that involves flying up a bunch of uh, elevator shafts. The machine that I spec'd out to beat the dude was really heavy and didn't have a whole lot of boosters because oh, no. I didn't need it. Yeah. So I beat that guy and I was like, great. And then it's play the rest of the level and I couldn't boost out of the shaft. I just dropped down. So I just, well, cool, cool shit. <laughs> All right, so now I have to... It's it's cool because it's iterative, right? Like you're you're continually chipping away at a problem. Yeah. You take your ideas into the field. You see it play out. You you get your data. You go back to the drawing board. That process is really rewarding. Playing a whole level just to get to the end to realize you had to boost up a shaft that you can't. Not so much. Not that is not rewarding. Yeah. That sounds like literal torture to me. I don't want to do that. So having having checkpoints because you can retool your core at checkpoints. That's right. Yeah. So you get to a boss that you're not spec'd out to fight at all. You can fight him, lose, and then be like, okay, this boss is missile heavy, not very mobile. So I'm going to bring in a bunch of like countermeasures. I'm going to make myself super boosty so he can't even hit me. I'm going to bring in melee. And that process, I think, will really appeal to people, especially since it's been shortened. So that's exciting. That was really, yeah. And that, because like, I have no interest in From Software, really. I mean, I played through Elden Ring and enjoyed Elden Ring, but also I was just like, relieved that i was done with it like i wasn't <laughs> like i'm dreading the dlc like i'm dreading the deal because i'm like i'm gonna have to fucking learn all this other fucking from software bullshit the terrible ui and all that other like but i'll do it i will do it to play through elden ring dlc regardless anything else like i played through i played the eight hours of Sekiro and i was fine with it uh i you know like play dark souls and all that other stuff but i just don't want to it doesn't sound like fun right it's to go through die and then be like <laughs> I, gotta, I have to play another 30 minutes I have to play the 30 minutes I just played but now I'm now it's different yep I don't want to do that so when I saw the restart from checkpoint I was like this is great like they I, I'm this is they're making this now for me a little bit <laughs> so I'm excited to to stream it and I hope I'm able to like really get into it because I would like to it, it looks like something that I'd enjoy I think so, you will yeah yeah looking forward uh, to it I got to play Hot Wheels Unleashed 2. I didn't bit. know there was a 2. There's a 2. It's coming out. <laughs> what was different between the first Hot uh, Wheels Unleashed and the second one? A couple of things. Uh, they have like some new classes of vehicle now. They have different terrain types. So there's like dirt and stuff you can drive over that okay. changes the handling. Yeah. There's a side shift. So if you like double tap, you can like swoop to the left or right, which sure. you can bonk other vehicles. And also, here's the critical thing. It makes it more similar to F-Zero. Oh, that's okay. I was like, why does Lawrence want to talk about Hot Wheels yeah. Unleashed? And now I actually I know. brought it up during the preview and they were like, oh, F-Zero GX was a big inspiration for us. And I bet Lawrence was like, whoa. And now you got me listening. Yeah. Because Hot Wheels <laughs> Unleashed 2 also has a single player campaign. Oh. <laughs> and I have no idea what that's about. But if they're taking inspiration from F-Zero, only good things can happen with there being a story to a Hot Wheels racing game. I'm going to hope it's like, Maybe I, I'm projecting a lot here because I have nothing to go on. This was not part of the preview at all. But maybe it's like, what if it's like a Lego movie thing where it's just a bunch of kids racing Hot Wheels and then you go into their imagination sure, yeah. and it's like all their stupid racer characters this racing is, out in Hot Wheels. Dimensions? By the way, this is the Lawrence paradox. Uh, Starfield, yeah, Starfield is going to be 
pretty dumb and simple. And Lawrence is like, I don't want it to be dumb and simple. And then you do Hot Wheels Unleashed and Lawrence is like, I love it. I can't wait to play this stupid fucking campaign. Because Hot Wheels Unleashed will at least have technical intricacy. It, it probably will. A racing game on a track where you have to actually hit buttons and be good. That It gives my brain something to do. Whereas if I'm, if I just like, okay, Cave is 250 meters away. Let's hit auto run and then just, <laughs> my guys just. I, I, I actually, since I've known Lawrence so long, I completely understand what he's saying. I get it. So I don't want anybody in, in, uh, in comments to be like, this doesn't make any sense. Because I, I promise you, I get it. I, it makes a lot of sense from what he's saying. Play video game to hit buttons. It wants me to not hit buttons. Weird. Uh, <laughs> play Viewfinder. Are you familiar? I uh, don't know what that is. So no. this was a, it's an indie game where essentially you take photos and then you can stamp them out into the world and oh, then yeah. walk in. That actually the, looks really cool. Yeah, it, it's really, really neat. It, there's like a lot of recursive puzzles where you have to walk into a, a photo, grab something, and then put that into the photo again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can kind of like make bridges leading up into the sky or the aspect of taking a 2d image and then making a 3d world out of it that you can walk into at any orientation i think will really apply or will really appeal to people looks really cool yeah yeah uh there's also haunty which is a the art style of that really appealed to me it's very like black line work very scribbly i don't know if i saw that one it's oh, cool. Okay. Uh, it's it's got some similarities to Super Mario Galaxy. Oh, interestingly, okay. the way you interact with a lot of things and solve puzzles is you kind of zap yourself into things and then move them around. So it's also uh, in the same way that that Mario games do. It kind of encourages you to just interact with a lot of things in the environment. So cool. Very solitary game, scribbly scribbly design. I was super into it. Uh, Beastie Ball. I don't know what that is. Is uh, it's a sports RPG. It's kind of like Pokemon plus volleyball. Yeah, that kind of sounds cool. Actually. <laughs> it was pretty neat. Yeah. You recruit a bunch of little critters, and whenever you fight somebody, a volleyball thing just springs up out of nowhere, and then you have a team of two that has to face up against them. That's kind of cool. And it's turn-based. Basically, you can like spike the ball to your opponent, and then or spike the ball to your uh, teammate, and then uh, shoot it over. You have to position your dudes to block when they have the ball on their side. Yeah. It was a neat thing. It kind of reminded me of Temtem, since it was very 2v2. Right, yeah. Uh, I also play Cocoon. So I got to watch Lawrence play Cocoon. Yeah, he just kind of settled like up behind 10 me. 10 or 15 minutes, yeah. It was cool. Really cool. Go ahead. Yeah, same developers that did Inside and um, Limbo before that. So interesting approach because it's not really, it's not a side scroll anymore. It's a top-down puzzle game, I guess you could say. It, it is a really interesting puzzle puzzle game where you're like going into different worlds and coming out of, it's very uh, recursionary. Mm-hmm. Is the I guess the word for that? If you know what recursion is, yeah. Um, and if you if you're a coder, if you're that's that's people love recursion because it's generally pretty efficient. Um, and this game is all of that. Yeah. So if you don't want to ever if you don't want to think about that, it's, this is not the game. <laughs> let me tell you, it's a mind warper for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's there's orbs you pick up, but the orbs are also entire levels inside of themselves. So you basically can throw an orb onto a pedestal, dive into it. That's a whole world. But then you can also take worlds into world. Like you hold an orb as an item and you can go into one, mm -hmm. do stuff, come back out. And there's stuff where you have to like go into a world, drop something off, come back out, go into it again and pick it back. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's it's one of those games where there's no dialogue. Uh, you play protagonist. You just kind of, you have to kind of assume what's going on based on the world and stuff like that. Reactions to it. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, can you talk? Can we? All right, I'll, I'll say it. Yes. And you bleep it out. Phantom Liberty? Can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, all right. No one else has, sure. So we're going to talk about Cyberpunk Phantom. Do you want to talk about it? Because yeah. you got to see it. And I only got to watch some of the gameplay that was shown to, like, the greater, the, the more, the, you know, the, not the public, but the people that were on the show floor. 
Lawrence, you went behind closed doors, right? No, I didn't, unfortunately. Oh, so, yeah, oh I, I thought you yeah. did. Okay. There were two demos. There was like a, an expanded demo. I didn't get to play that one. I got to play the one that was out on the show floor, which was like 10 minutes or so. Okay. Uh, but there were already a lot of like tweaks that I could notice. Small things like when you're walking in first person and you're next to an NPC or you walk past an NPC, the camera will kind of shift. It's just like, oh, you're just kind of bumping into people. I was like, oh, that's that's cool. Uh, you can block bullets with a katana now. Oh, so ting, 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 ting. Yeah, it was, it was rad. Uh, the president kicked my ass, which is also <laughs> cool. There were a couple of things that right away kind of stuck out to me. One was um, there were multiple skill checks in a single conversation. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. Cyberpunk had a few of those. Not many, though. But it wasn't like yeah. New Vegas or Fallout 2 territory. I, yeah, I loved New Vegas and skill checks because it was... And you'd always like, if you failed it, you'd like want to reload and be like, no, I want to, I want to get this, you know, like that. I love that mechanic. So I'm glad that there's more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least in the first conversation there was, or first couple of conversations, um, there was a, you know, one of those dialogue triggers where you have so much time to say something. I chose not to. And then I got shot and it was just like game over. Oh, like, cool. Wow. Right on. And you just reload save, but it's still pretty cool that there's a story consequence yeah. for inaction. Yeah. Um, it looked better it does look better yeah that's right which yeah. on a corporate level is weird to me because they are already moving away from red engine which is what phantom liberty is running on but they've clearly been iterating on it since then well they i mean they have they don't have a choice they they couldn't go like all right well the dlc is going to be on unreal engine so they can't they, they can't do that well they could have so. said the dlc is going to be on red engine but we're not going to develop any new engine features for it because we're going to cut it off after that but that's true but I, they didn't do that yeah which is awesome I'm they've like, continued developing Red Engine, which I thought was super weird. I mean, but, it is $30. The DLC is $30. Ooh. So it makes sense that they would... They've got to give somebody some value proposition somewhere. Yeah. So, and It remains to be seen how much is actually going to be in it, I suppose. But uh, my impression was pretty rad. I can't wait. I mean, like, I've also been sort of keeping up with the internet on what they think, what they thought of it, because I read a lot of other, other people's impressions. And everyone's like, this is it. This is the game that should have come out. I know. Boy. Whatever. I know. I always roll my eyes at that. I will see. But that's what everybody says. So for all the people that hated on Cyberpunk, this is your time, guys. Phantom Liberty is the game that should have come out at the end of 2020. There, Here it is. Well, I guarantee you they're going to release a Cybered Up edition or, or something, right? And that's going to sell like $40, 2077 plus Phantom Liberty all patched up in one day. Like that's going to sell like crazy. Same thing they did with Witcher. Witcher sales didn't hit until they put out the Game of the Year edition, and it's then true. they were like busting 10, 20, 30 million. Yeah. So, I don't know. Honestly, this was the timeline we said would happen with this game years ago, and mm -hmm. here we are. That's right. Uh, they're gonna, the DLC is going to be on sale for like six months, then they're going to have a, a hacked edition, and that's going to sell like crazy. And then on five years' time, everyone's going to be like, Cyberpunk was the Skyrim of our generation. I called it that hmm. years ago, and it's going to be the I promise. I don't know, though, playing Bruce. this game for a long time. So, so in the same way that we're trying to predict the, the media reception to Starfield, I've, I've been battling in my head whether or not there's going to be a moment where people acknowledge that they were inordinately shitty to cyberpunk, but no. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't never, think people will allow themselves to think no, that. No, that'll never happen. Yeah. They're going to defend to the point, to the death. Correct. That their reaction to Cyberpunk was entirely appropriate. Because they... And people are going to be saying that about this, too, because, now that I've said it. Because uh, they were lied to. And I, and I, I mm, oh, the injustice. I pitched this to Lawrence a few days ago. I was like, what if we did this? this is, I, I promise you, this is like the, the angriest people will be. 
What if we made a report of all of the lies that uh, CD Projekt Red said about Cyberpunk before the game came out? Like actually try to track them back? Track back the lies. To see if they actually exist. Because when people say they lied, I don't, no one ever comes up with an example. Yeah. So I, I, like they were like, well, they said there'd be trains. And I was like, did they say there'd be trains? They showed a train, but didn't say there'd be a train. So that again, that, like, ah, I don't look. I don't want to make anybody upset. I already know people are angry. They're already Bruce. They lied. The console version. They wouldn't let people have it for the reviews. Oh, that yeah. That I've heard that one a thousand times, and I actually agree with that one. They were. Uh, I think one of the. I, th- I forget the the president of CD Projekt Red was like, it runs well on console. Is what he said before the game came out. I mean, he also specifically told investors that last gen was going to be a problem. That was the thing that no one paid attention to. He did. He said it. Which is, is good because they got sued by their investors. So the fact that he said that probably actually prevented them from really getting nailed. So yeah, I, it, was, it was out there. This he, is the video I want to make. Okay. I want to make this video. Let's do it. Because I'm... I, the thing is there's no, there's no profit in telling people that they're wrong. Oh, no, no, no. It's not. It's not it, this isn't me telling anyone they're wrong. I actually genuinely want to do the investigation because I don't know. Like, I don't... I wasn't buying into the hype of Cyberpunk. I wasn't super excited about the game. I was just like, well, it'll be cool. And then I played it and loved it. So I didn't, I wasn't like, you know, writing down notes every time I saw a train or something like that. That didn't happen. Yeah. So I do want to go back and see, I want to see what their marketing told me that there would be. And then maybe there wasn't. It's the Reddit posts. It's, it's, it's super the Reddit posts that make a bulleted list of all the things that you are justified to be mad about. Oh, no, I didn't. That, but nobody rolls it back beyond that to where that bulleted list came from or how justified that list is. And again, I don't, if you're mad about it or if you got your refund, that's great. I don't, whatever, fine, that's fine. None of that bothers me. Just more about, I want to see what they yeah. actually lied to us about. I want to see the lie. That's the sociology of it. That's it. Yeah, it that's like, what I find really fascinating. Because No Man's Sky... I was the was the quintessential example of this, which was they said there'd be multiplayer. Yeah, Sean Murray was straight up like, there will be, you can do this with your friends, and it wasn't in there. And it was, it was yeah. not there at all. So that was a lie. Like, they straight up lied to us about that. Um, so I want to see that about Cyberpunk. Anyways, sorry, I know that's a tangent. No, it's fine. Uh, it's fair. We, did we both watch Alan Wake as well? Alan Wake yeah. 2? You saw the Alan Wake 2 demo? What did you think? So I got theories, Bruce. Okay. I got theories. I want to hear them. Uh, yeah, we... Well, first first of all, what did you think of the demo? I liked it. Okay, me too. I liked it a lot. Me too. I'm also a Remedy fan. I'm not. So I, I, I'm no. primed to go in to like it. And I'm all, I've also been waiting for Alan Wake follow-up for a long time. I was really excited when Control reintroduced that and kind of acknowledged it. Um, I have theories, Bruce. I think, I think the Alan Wake 2 demo is... It's got some rough dialogue. Real rough. But I think that's on purpose. I hope so. The, so the character, there's specifically a character that looks like Sam Lake and is voiced by uh, James McCaffrey, who voiced Max Payne. So it's Max Payne 1, basically, which, which is the same setup. And I know Remedy is meta as fuck. And also the dude's name is Casey, which is a in-character fictional character in alan wake so i think the fact that so basically what what's the main character's name it's like spirit or something like that no it's not spirit i know you're talking about yeah she's got a 
She's like the main FBI lady. Yeah, it's it's true detective-y where there's there's a main FBI investigator. And she has a partner named Casey who is Sam Lake slash. He's uh, kind of like a like a Dumbo. Yeah, and he's just sort of like I'll go do the the errands. You know, and there's like, some lines in there. He's like, ah, shitty, like my ex wife, and it's just like the most hackneyed lines ever. That's right. But at the same time, Alan Wake is all about bad writing manifesting in real life, kind of, because okay. Alan Wake himself is sort of like. It's sort of like Stephen King before he became a great American novelist. He's just Ooh. knocking out schlock horror novels. And he had a creative crisis about this, which is what the first Alan Wake was about. He was trying to create the first great American novel, but he lost his muse in the process. His oh. wife was sucked into a lake. So then he became trapped by his own creative process. Uh, my theory is that Alan Wake is all about writer's block. But Alan Wake 2, I think, I think the shitty parts of it, we're on purpose. I boy, do I hope so. Because it's Cause about because the, the writing that. is real bad, like real bad. And yeah. we're talking like really shitty. The lots so all there's so much expositional like explanations that the main character keeps saying, and you're just like, why is she saying that over and over? Like when she'll pick up something and be like, oh, a paper, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what? I didn't need this at all. Oh, this relates to this, and I'm like, and it's the reads are bad too. So like. Again, I'm going to play the game, and the the game itself, the gameplay looks cool. Like, where you shine the flashlight on things and shoot them and like, hey, look really neat. I was into it. But that writing was not good. And I was like, I really don't want 16 hours of this. That's not good at all. Uh, I think the uh, one of the things I told you when we watched it, I was watching this ter- terrible show on Amazon called Citadel. Oh, yeah. I told you about this. Citadel. It's like one of the most expensive shows ever made. It's, right? it, it was incredibly expensive. It's starring uh, Rob Stark. I always forget the guy's name. And um, oh, Kit. It's not Kit Harrington. It's the other guy. Uh, he's good in it. Oh, Rob Stark. And uh, Priyanka Chopra Jones. And the show, the entire show, feels like it's fake. So the whole thing feels like they're going to pull out at the end and be like, this was all in their mind. It was all in imagination. <laughs> and I kept waiting for the show to do this to me where like they pull out like the Matrix, you know, like they pull out and be like, oh, they were in a coma. And that's why this whole, it feels so uh, unbelievable and unnatural. <laughs> Didn't happen. I watched the whole season uh, and it ended and I was like, well, that was the end? What the fuck? Uh, and that's why people didn't like it because it was just so bad. So that's what Alan Wake 2 felt like to me. Hmm. Where I was like, this, this dialogue is so stilted and unnatural and I was like, there's got to be some twist here. There has to be. So hopefully there is. I, I, I'm afraid to pin it on that. Alan Wake 1, the twist was that all of Alan Wake's narration, he was trapped by his own shitty novel, basically. So there were parts where he would come like Alan Wake as a character would come on and narrate what was happening in the game, but it was done in very direct, very simple prose, which is very early Stephen King as well. Mm -hmm. So there's layers of synchronicity to it that make it smarter than the moment to moment might be, but pinning your enjoyment of Alan Wake 2 on that purely when that may not exist, it might be a problem. (laughs) I mean, I'm not, yeah, I can can bypass it because I, like I always say, most video games have pretty bad writing. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't care if the game is fun, it's fun. And then like, it'll be again, you know, I enjoyed Skyrim. The, I, okay, nobody ever played the main quest line because nobody gave a shit yeah. because it was stupid. <laughs> but I mean, but it was still fun. I still had fun. So like, I'll still have fun with Alan Wake too. 
one thing I did see after was that uh, people were writing their impressions of the Alan Wake 2 demo that we all watched at Playdays. And they're like, the writing was so good. I was like, what? No, no. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Like, wait, let's just, let's just, I, have these people never seen anything else? So that's why I was like, you know, temper your expectations about the writing, the story of Alan Wake. Games media folk don't have the most refined taste. <laughs> I mean, I, neither do I. So I'm not. Well, like, you've consumed a lot of TV, though. I, I mean, yeah, like I watch a lot of television. I can tell you generally what I think a good narrative is, but I doesn't mean I'm necessarily an expert. But it's not good writing. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I think I think t- game writing at its best peaks at like a B tier TV show. Occasionally, it's existential. Like it goes way beyond that. You ha- you have your uh, Disco Elysium. Very thing. rarely, yeah. Very yeah, rarely. Very rarely. Because you know, most people don't care about that, nor should they. I'm not, I'm not making any judgments. Yeah, no, but no, yeah. No. yeah, it's it's often not necessary. I mean, Super Mario Brothers, Doom, these games, Pac-Man, you know, writing. Yeah. yeah, it's an experiential thing. So the writing is is somewhat secondary. Now, Remedy has has pinned a lot of their uh, their uh, their legacy on their writing and their the headspace of their games. What, so. Yeah, and again, like it, it was creepy and you know horror related, and there's some fun mind fuck stuff in there. But I agree, the moment-to-moment writing was not good. Nor, nor necessarily was the delivery. Uh, That's right, yeah. The reads were bad. And I was like, why are the reads bad? I was hoping they were temporary reads. Again, the, the potential saving device is that this is all under the framework of being the manifestation of a shitty writer. I hope so. Um, that, that was Alan Wake 1, is that he got trapped by his own novel. And he was finding pages of his own book narrating what he was doing. Um, but it was very like schlocky horror writing because that's the character. Yeah. Theoretically, that's what's going on in Alan Wake too. Is that he's writing these characters, doing the things they're doing and saying the things they're saying, and it's under that lens. And there is a meta to it that's much more intelligent. Than I hope. That. I hope so. I hope you're right. But but the lead re- the lead investigator shouldn't be part of that. She should be the intelligent actor mm-hmm. surrounded by. That's what I kept saying NPCs. to myself. This is what I. That's yeah, exactly. That's I was, the worst like, aspect. Is, I was really. like, she should she should be the one that's grounding us. She should be. She should have a clarity to her 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 dialogue that pun- punches through the uh, the side character that's just like very in the weeds. Should have been. That's what I was expecting, and I was a little weirded out that that wasn't like that. Not saying the game's gonna be bad. Just this is just what we we only saw what. 15 minutes 20 minutes yeah so. i'm just glad remedy's getting budgets yeah i was worried for a minute yeah, yeah, yeah. so at least they're still getting still getting work lawrence we reached the end of the podcast we, we did, did. <laughs> we did it games cast no, the, number four the inside games cast that's right um and then we do a little bonus podcast for only the patrons mm-hmm. people that support us on uh, patreon we should have talked about it way earlier not at the very end of the games cast if you made it through the whole games cast and you want more this is the exact time to mention it that's true. You're right. So, um, you, so games cast, games focused, Patreon cast is whatever. That's the the personal thoughts, the deep dark thoughts. That's where we maybe like Lawrence will pull up a meme or, or two. Sometimes I'll make me read something, which is fun. Uh, but that's not for this. That's for the patron only. And we're all buttoned up here. The belts come off for the patron cast. <laughs> well, thank you very much for watching and listening. We appreciate it. Always.